this holiday season, one of Disney's all-time animated classics comes to life. 101 Dalmatians, featuring the most outrageous villain of all, Cruella DeVille. Catch those puppies! Glenn Close is Disney's all-new 101 Dalmatians. <laughs> Wednesday, November 27th at a theater near you. Welcome back to the podcast. I am your host, Angela Yoshiko. This is the podcast, Old Millennials Remember Movies. That's what you're listening to. And I'm here with my co-host, handsome as ever, wearing his Jurassic Park shirt. I know you fashion uh, forward people like to know what Tyler's wearing. Uh, Tyler, hi. How's it going? Yeah, Uh, welcome to the podcast. We're continuing our animal theme. Our last episode was on Roar. Which was one of the probably the more most insane movie we've watched on this podcast. Mm-hmm. So we're going to continue the animal theme for now with yes. 101 Dalmatians. Yes, 101 Dalmatians from 1996, not to be confused with the one from 1960. Hmm? <laughs> what year was the old one from? Something 60, 1961. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to talk about that today, and Tyler took very good notes through this, so he has a lot to say. Well, here's the thing. I'm a bit of a uh, 101 Dalmatians connoisseur in that uh, the cartoon, the 61 version, if that is the ear, maybe you've set me up to say the incorrect ear. No, that's right. But uh, is one of my favorite of the animated uh, Disney films. So I was very excited in 1996 when this came out, because this was before... This was before we started, Disney was really going hard on these, remaking their animated classics. This was uh, kind of the prototype that they didn't follow for a long time and then did it eventually. So it's uh, fitting that we talk about it now since Disney has been working to basically unanimate all of their movies. It's stupid. So we're going to talk about it before we talk about it. Ooh, there's one thing I do oh. want to, a little bit of housekeeping, as oh, it were. a little bit of housekeeping. A little bit of housekeeping, as it were. On our website, oldmillennialsremember.com, we just launched another podcast. That's right. Saved by the bell to the max. So you can find that podcast on iTunes currently or our website. And I'm working on getting it up to on the other spots, but you should be able to find it on any place you listen to podcasts. So again, that is Saved by the Bell to the Max, where Tyler, myself, who is not a Saved by the Bell junkie like these, um, like these guys are and our friend jonah the famous, three of us famous jonah anderson yep tv's jonah anderson tv's well, that's me and then TV, yeah, you, tv's tyler you're, you're taking a bit from another thing we're gonna do but that's not that's in the pipeline <laughs> anyway so the three of us um do we do all the episodes i don't remember so there's two episodes up right now at the moment there will be more coming uh we tend to alternate we go between like a, a topic related to Saved by the Bell in general in one episode to talking about a specific episode in another so we okay. jump around we don't even we're not even going necessarily through you know season 1 episode 1 season no we're picking like for example before the pandemic before we were all stuck at home we did record some of these ahead of time and we were choosing one episode per season of the four main seasons not in order just kind of what whatever we want to start with so it will be a podcast that jumps around. So, okay, it's also going to be a podcast that's going to have to be done remotely now because of coronavirus. Thanks, Corona. So that's okay. the housekeeping. It's out yep. there. It'll be on more platforms uh, soon. By the time this even airs, I keep trying to say the title, but you keep keep on talking. So I keep sorry, sorry. Saved by the bell to the max. To the max. Okay. That's that's the housekeeping. Any other housekeeping? I mean, no. Okay. 
Okay, so before we talk about 101 Dalmatians, we spend the first 20 or so minutes talking about what we've been watching. So tune in because maybe you want to watch these things. Or maybe we won't take 20 minutes. I don't know. Maybe we'll take 30 minutes. Maybe Maybe we'll we'll take take 40 minutes. Maybe we'll take six. We don't know. We don't know. I always like that you say it takes about 20 minutes. Maybe you're right. I don't actually On average, we we end around 20 to 24 minutes. (sighs) I watch the time. I'm the producer. Oh, are you the producer? Yeah. You're not producing the movie. You're the lad producer. You're the lad producer. All right. Uh, what are we doing? What we've been watching? <laughs> yeah, Tyler. What have What have we been watching? So well, I can talk, and then we'll talk about what you've been watching, and then I'll tune out. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Fair enough. We watched. Uh, oh, we'll start with the best one on the list, The Clapper. Oh, so do you guys ever, okay, especially during quarantine time, right? Mm. You're sitting down, you have the kids put away to bed, or you're finally, like, relaxing for the night, and you're like, all right, I'm going to tune into Netflix. It's just going to magically have the perfect movie for me tonight. Because maybe, you know, sometimes we're not watching a a show together, or we'd want to watch a movie. Mm -hmm. So we do this thing where we watch all the trailers that Netflix pops up. The autoplay. Yeah. The autoplay, and we're like, okay, oh, that's not quite right, that's not quite right. So one night, we literally did that for, I don't know, 45 minutes to an hour? I think that's what it's for. Like, they put these little clips on there to make you, like, sit there and just kind of scroll through there. Like, I think that's part of the design. Yeah. Like, look at all this stuff. I think what they want to make you think is, like, look at all the stuff we have. We have so much stuff. To me, it feels like you have nothing, Netflix. Nothing that I want to watch. That's how I feel. I feel like that feature really gives gives me the old school experience of flipping through the channels. I think that's, yeah, they're definitely going for that. And, you know, you've hung out with someone who just flips through the channels for an hour and they don't fucking pick a show to watch it's i like annoying. It with, when it comes to pluto tv yeah you do the same thing anyway <laughs> so we did that the other night and um i landed on the clapper and we'd we'd been rewatching the office and so andy bernard obviously is amazing in that show until the, late, until the late seasons but sure yeah um so he's in this movie ed What's helms. His, yeah ed helms and I'm like, all right, well, this looks pretty good. And the premise was good. I liked the premise. Yeah, the premise is he is a guy who he and Tracy Morgan. So there you go. Oh yeah, that's, some, that's something. That's right? a duo. They like to they go and they get paid marginal money to go sit in the uh, audience of these infomercials. And so he, uh, what happens in this movie is that a late night show is able to see they put they put they do some research and they find ed helms wearing costumes and different things they determine he's in all these things and they there becomes a search to find him or yeah so they do a bit and they're like oh who is this guy and they show all the clips of him being in all these infomercials which is funny it's kind of a fun premise for as the start of movie but i mean and then it just goes downhill from there then then the show's like if you know this guy call the show and and he, there's a romance with a gas station attendant. And uh, she's good in the movie. Who I can't space it on who it is all of a sudden. What's your name? Oh, good. This is great. When you say what's your name, then we're no, you know, we're in trouble. It's usually what you I ask say what's me. your name all the time. I know, but you, I usually know what you're talking about because I've also we talked. It's we what's your it. name? She's got the blonde hair. <laughs> oh my god, you just spit on me. Glad I'm not wearing glasses. It's a spit take. <laughs> I need I need my protective gear. You do. You just gave me the corona. Oh god, it's not funny. People are dying. Yeah, stop. <laughs> say, don't spray. Anyway, what was she? Who was she? You have to find out. I'm who it looking is. it up, but our internet is being slow because I'm doing. You think it'd things. be funnier? It wasn't funny at, at, at all. Probably it had some be, funny moments. Mm, I don't. I would disagree. That's true. It actually took about an hour and ten minutes before I laughed there's, out loud. There's one point where Tracy Morgan just does a gesture and that's funny because he gives a thumbs up yeah it's like a thumbs, a thumbs up. up but it's like nothing in the movie it's only just tracy morgan who just 
doing something to be funny. And the problem is, I think he made it. Amanda Seyfried. Is oh, Amanda Seyfried. Sure. Yeah. yeah. See, she's yeah. She and she's actually like she's the best part of the movie. I would oh, say. Oh, Adam Levine is randomly in this movie. Uh, it's weird. Mark Cuban is in it for a minute. Uh, a lot. The Billy Tybo was credited in the beginning. Billy Blanks. And you yeah. think, like, oh, there's going to be a bit with Billy Blanks. And then no. it's literally, like, a second shot of him. On another TV screen. Yeah. Uh, Leah Romini's in it. Not very much, but yeah. 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 Seafried's the best part about it. Uh, I think Tracy... This was, like, 2017, maybe? It was 2017, yeah. I don't know. It just seemed like Tracy Morgan was still recovering from his, like, car accident. He just didn't... It wasn't, he was pretty mellow. He wasn't really yeah. doing it much, except for that one thumbs up, which was great. I actually... I hated watching this movie. It was you did. pretty horrible. You were pretty mad at me. And then you reached that point where you're like, should I just turn this off? But then you're like, fuck, I'm committed. Yeah, it's a whole it. thing. It anyway, movie. so do not, do not recommend uh, The Clapper on Netflix. No. Feel free to skip that dog shit. It was dog shit. Um, another movie that I had previously found, which gave me the confidence. Oh yeah, you were clapper, riding high. You thought, yeah, was a little movie called Land of Steady Habits with Ben Mendelsohn. It's a terrible title for a movie. I can't even remember if it wasn't written down. You wouldn't remember. Land of Steady Habits it has nothing to do with the fucking movie. I don't get it. It's based, it's a book title on the book. Oh, that's right. Yeah. See, it, I even so, forget that every time you're like, "What well, was the name of the book?" And there's some addiction, some characters with addiction in the movie. So you know, there's. Some of that uh, connective connective tissue. Ben Mendelsohn is an actor I really, really, really like. Uh, he typically plays kind of villains. He was in like Rogue One and Ready Player One as the bad guy. He is uh, seemingly the bad guy of Captain Marvel, but that movie has a great uh, makes great use of him, obviously. Um, but also, he was on that Netflix show Bloodline, especially the first season, and he was incredibly won an Emmy for it. That's what I really kind of fell in love with him, but he'd been around for a lot. Animal Kingdom and lots of good stuff. So mm -hmm. what's good about this movie is that he's playing kind of like this divorced guy. He's not playing like a, a, a imposing villain of any kind. He's the protagonist. He's funny. But it's, uh, yeah, so I mean, it's a good part for him to play. It's different. Mm -hmm. It's a nice thing to see him do. And what I liked about it was it's um, Nicole Hoff Center. Is that who the director is? She is... Um, Gosh, she's a terrific director. Mm -hmm. She made like please, writer and director. Please give um, and uh, friends with kids, and she made some really good movies. She wrote uh, "Can You Ever Forgive Me?" Was supposed to direct it, uh, ended up getting taken off as a director, but still wrote the screenplay for "Can You Ever Forgive Me?" with Melissa McCarthy, which is also very good. She's a really good director. I like this because it was it's taking like a character. He plays a guy who's left his wife and like quit like and retires early or whatever. He's going through like this midlife or late life crisis. Right. Mm -hmm. And in a lot of movies, that character would be played is like the kind of the bad guy, the idiot. He's not the main character. Usually it'd be the other spouse. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? The person that was jilted or whatever. I like this because it's kind of following his perspective and how he's not exactly having a great time with this choice he made. Yeah, just because he left his wife, it doesn't mean that he's automatically happy. No, it, it, like it's kind of backfired in a lot of ways, and mm -hmm. he's got a strange relationship with his son, who's an adult, his adult son, who is kind of a recovering addict, and so uh, yeah, it has a lot of. Um, it's a terrible title, but it is a very pretty pretty good movie. It was made yeah. for Netflix uh, just a couple years ago. I, I think I knew about it when it came out, but the, because the way Netflix is, it doesn't want you to... Find once, good movies? Well, well, like, after two months, they're just like, well, we got something else new. Watch this. Watch yeah. this. Move this. Move on here. Watch Tiger King. Blah, blah, blah. Yep. So Eddie Falco plays his Eddie Falco. She's Eddie good Falco. in it. She and, and that's a tough part she's got. You know, she's got to play this other side of this character where we're supposed to... 
you know, we're supposed to sympathize with him, but obviously she's the one who's kind of had the shit, the shit of it, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's a tough part. Um, but I, yeah, I thought it was pretty good. I'm glad that was a good, good choice by you. It was. That night. I and would recommend you, that. The Land of Steady Habits. But it's kind of it like a climber. quiet movie. Yeah. Yeah. But it's mellow. It's, it's likable. It's easy to watch. Yeah. So that was good. But see, after the clapper, I, I, uh, you've banned me from I had to take movies. over. I had to take over our watching it together because there's a so few things. So basically, you haven't watched anything. Since no, that's then. not true because I finally made you watch a couple things that you wanted to watch, but you're like, ah, every time I say another watch true. it. That's true. So one of them was that Hulu added Portrait of a Lady on Fire, which I saw late last year and talked about it on the podcast. It made my top 20, but I was excited to have you watch it. It's a French film about a painter a woman young woman painter who gets sent to this island to paint a portrait of this woman who's about to get married she doesn't want to get married there's been some tragedy and she's being forced into this marriage and uh it's a movie about her refusing to get painted and there's a lot of things going the man's going to decide whether or not to marry her based on seeing the portrait before meeting her right Right. So, so if the portrait's good, she's going to get married. Yep. So um, I really like this when it, uh, we talked about it previously, but I'm curious what you thought of it. It's good. <laughs> it's good. What I liked, what I enjoyed watching with you about it, like what I what I enjoyed watching, uh, what I can't get that sentence yep. out right. You know what I'm saying, though. Mm-hmm. The the cinematography is gorgeous in this movie. Every scene Incredible. is like a portrait. It's some, some of the best. It didn't get nominated for an Oscar, which is insane to me. It also... Did, did it, it n- get nominated for cinematography? No, that's what I'm saying. It didn't get oh, nominated for that. And then it was such a pretty movie. What's weird is that it also didn't get nominated for uh, international feature because in the rules of that, a country uh, can only submit one film to be included in that. And France chose uh, Les Miserables, which is kind of like a modernish version of... I mean, it was apparently good, and it's on Amazon now, and I've been meaning to watch it, but everybody... Once they saw Portrait Lady of Fire, I was like, why the hell didn't you pick this one? This is a, clearly the movie they you should have put in there. Did that Les Mis was like Our Little Women? I don't know. I, it's supposed to be good. I'm not, I'm not, I am not. I think that that's a dumb rule is what I'm saying. It so you have two rule. good movies and you, but they can still, it still could have been nominated for other things, but it was also distributed by Neon and Neon did an incredible job writing, uh, marketing and then writing the success of Parasite to a Best Picture win, right? Mm-hmm. Well, unfortunately for Portrait of the Lady on Fire, when it was coming out at the same time, Neon was committing a lot of their attention to uh, that campaign, and this one kind of fell by the wayside. They even only put it out more widely in February, and then, of course, the virus hit, and it didn't even really play in theaters very long. So, But for the sake of argument, Parasite, I feel like, is more broad. Right. Uh, well, I was going to get to that. I mean, it. Uh, what I enjoyed about watching with you is that it, the, the cinematography is great, but it's also got these strange shots and angles that are They're invocative of a, of like a horror movie but yes. it's not a horror movie but for a while you don't know if you, especially if you don't know what the movie's about yeah and you're going in and you're like well what is going on is there gonna be like a ghost at this place because there's some weird spookiness and there is a little bit there's a reason for that i think because there is something that plays into the movie later that kind of needs that ethereal feel to mm-hmm. it right um but it's it's i mean it's definitely like a, a slower paced movie i think parasite is i mean other than the subtitles, I think anybody could watch Parasite and enjoy and get hooked on that, right? Despite subtitles. I think uh, it takes a more patient viewer for Portrait Laid on Fire. But, God, it's so good. It's it so good. incredible. The two performances, um, and I didn't write them down again, and I always forget them because they're French women, but they're they're incredible. Oh, my God. The, the two of them in this movie, uh, they are some of the best performances of last year and the last couple of years. I just think that 
their dynamic is is interesting and yeah i i love it and then the ending is like i like i think i told you like after it's it was uh, memorable that's for sure i think it's like the best 15 fi- final 15 minutes of a movie in a long time like it's it's got a perfect ending so i'm glad you liked it i did like it i'm gonna give you the names of the actresses just kidding oh wait maybe i will yeah they're good they're pretty well known in Noemi france mm-hmm. and adele Heinel. adele Heinel is the the blonde and the other one is the is the yeah, yeah. so they're yeah they're good they're and then there's good. a third girl who i thought was also oh she's good. really good too she's like this other um housekeeper cook at the this estate and she kind of plays a role in their yeah. relationship as well so yeah i thought that's really good it was nice to have like a female-based cast where like men were a part of the story, but they weren't a part of the story. They aren't even in the movie. There's there's two men, and they don't speak on like one gets up from a table and leaves the room. The other one like delivers her at the right at the beginning. She's like getting on. She's riding a boat onto the the thing, and there's some men right there. But then the only men of man of note there is a guy who like throws her painting box. And like points, that's it. And or there's he says another like, man at the end at the por- in the at the oh, yeah. gallery. It's so they're, they're so, so nominal, nothing, and yet the, everything about their struggle and their conflict is based on these this decision of her being forced off to yeah. marry. So yeah, it's good. It's yeah, really good. I thought it's it on really Hulu good. now, so you should watch it. So on it's Parasite. Hulu. Parasite. I love that Neon has is has a deal with Hulu because they have all their a lot of their movies on there, and they are they're a relatively new studio. and They've been putting out some awesome movies, good including stuff. those two. So. That's Portrait of a Lady on Fire on Hulu. Yes, good stuff. And then Tyler is always likes to watch some random old movies. TCM app, man. Love that shit. TCM. Turn a classic movies app. Yep. Love that shit. Do you Although, have to pay for that? It's part of your cable thing. Oh, so you just... Yeah, it's part of the cable thing. Yeah, the so, cable thing. Yeah, okay. it's part of the cable. Your dish. The the yeah. So um, no, actually the one I was going to... One of the two I've done to talk about, though, I actually just pulled the DVD off my shelf and watched... Oh, good job. Yeah, I know, right? It was still sealed. Oh, and I've had it for years. Strangers on the Train, Alfred Hitchcock from 1951. Mm-hmm. It's really good. I mean, <laughs> what am I supposed to say about it? It's really good. It's about uh, these two guys who meet on a train, and one of them is kind of a shifty fella. And he's like, hey, you know what we should do? It sounds like you got some problems with your uh, this ex-wife here. Is I'll kill your person. You kill my person. And then no one will know. The, we'll all have, we'll have our alibis or whatever. No one knows because no one knows we met, right? Oh. And the guy's like, "This is what the Tiger King should have done." Yeah. Well, there you go. But then the guy's like, "Well, no, I don't want to do that. Was you a crazy person? Ha <laughs> ha. Okay, go away." Well, then that guy, he's crazy and goes ahead and like does his end and then starts harassing the shit out of the. Oh yeah, it's good stuff. It's great Hitchcock uh, uh, fun. And uh, there's a climax with a carousel. That is from the like made in the fifties is uh, pretty impressive the way they managed to like shoot this thing. It's like it loses control and it's going really fast and impressive work for uh, nineteen nineteen fifties. Didn't I just read that Alfred Hitchcock was like a terrible person? Yeah, he's a, he was a dick. Allegedly. No, like we were talking about Tippy Hedren just last episode. Yeah, Tippy Hedren. That's yeah. right. I was like, she well, had a relationship reading about him on the birds. He treated her like shit on the birds. Yeah, allegedly. Like, a, like allegedly, like hashtag me too. Some shit. Yeah, he was. Uh, he was. He was a shit. So yeah, no, that's a good movie, Strangers on a Train. And then you also watched a movie from 1944 called Laura. Yeah, so Strangers on a Train. I, I'm pretty sure once I started it, I had seen it, which was good. Laura is one of those classic film noirs that you're like, yeah, I've seen that, and then. 
it's like, well, I haven't seen it in a while. I'll turn it on and I start watching it. I'm like, well, I don't think I've seen this. this what is, is it? It is a film noir from uh, 1944, and it is about a detective who is uh, looking into the murder of a young woman, and he's kind of going through her life and her, her her people in her life and trying to determine what happened, right? Or he's not a private detective. He's a police officer. He's a, just a regular detective. And um, we see Laura, the titular character, through flashbacks and other stuff like that. And there is also this friend of hers... Uh, who plays is played by Clifton Webb, who's like this gossip columnist or whatever, and he is he's like the highlight of the movie. He's just got this big dynamic, kind of eccentric performance, uh, mm-hmm. especially unique for like the time period. Um, it's great, you know. It's, what's weird about like the film noir stuff is that it, despite there being like no uh, blood or violence itself, really in the movies, like be- because of the time period, like. All oh, the stuff is very unseemly. Like all the, you know, the the, the the way that she gets ki- she gets killed. It's not on screen, but you know, Ooh. it's all unseemly. It's very good. It's a classic. Um, it, you know, not much to say. We have than, this one on DVD. No, as well? I watched that on Turner Classic Movies, including their little okay. uh, introductions, and they talked about oh, yeah. all their. Uh, they interject with like fun facts about the movie. No, they don't. Inter- they only in the beginning, and then they're at, back at the end. They don't. They don't okay. pop in, which is I don't. Oh, can't handle that Isn't shit. that what they do on the, when you they watch They do that it? on other movies. Turner yeah. Classic Movie. Yeah. No, they do at the beginning. They have yeah. a little introduction and they do a thing at the end sometimes. I feel like I, when I used to watch movies on there back in the day, it'd be like, at commercial breaks, they'd be like, oh, and did you know, blah, blah, blah. I don't watch Turner Classic Movies. I, I was under the impression that they don't really like air commercials in between the movies, but I don't ever, I only watch Maybe it wasn't app, commercials. And there's no commercials. Maybe it was just them interrupting with Turner Classic Movie stuff. It's usually, like, for the most part, the hosts do decent, you know, work explaining or, you know, kind of talking about the history or the, the legacy of something, so I don't mind that. Yeah. I mean, not, it's not always great, but, like, the they bring in other people, too. They bring it, they brought in, like, Ava DuVernay, the director, and she was, like, introducing movies for a month, and so some of the ones on there were, had her talking about That's stuff cool. with another host, so, yeah, they do fun stuff, and I like, that's why I like the... I watch. I tried to watch a couple other movies on there, but I always start these movies kind of late, and <laughs> they just lullaby you to sleep. Well, kind of, and then I'm just like, oh, I was, this is good, but I like one of them was like Yojimbo, which is uh, Kurosawa's. Uh, it wasn't. No, 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 not your. I've I've seen Yojimbo. I have Yojimbo. Uh, I was like, I feel like I've seen it's, that um, over there. What was the one I was watching? It was like Hidden Fortress. Oh, it was Hidden Fortress. I think it's called, and that one is uh, notable because it's like. George Lucas's like fav- one of his favorite movies, and it's like the inspiration for Star Wars. Like the characters oh. of C three PO and R two D two are kind of based on this. These two guys in this movie uh, running around with this princess, and like oh, totally cl- yeah. yeah. And it's it's good, but man, I just I started so late, and it's in like a foreign language, and I'm just like so. I mean, I watched it, and I dozed off, and I woke up, and I enjoyed a lot of it, but I can't really say that it was like. I can't give you my full assessment of it or where it ranks along other Kurosawa because I just it was you I was failed. tired I was tired I started too late. Yeah, you've been staying up so fucking late. Yeah. Go to bed. I know. I, I keep know. telling you that on every podcast. Go to bed. Go to bed. You were up until like three in the morning the other night. Yeah, I was. Then you're just a dick the next day. That's not true. I'm not a dick the next day. Go to bed. Not true. I okay. wish you wouldn't say that I'm a dick. I'm not a dick. You're not. You're very nice. That's it. I got. That's all I got. Okay. Well, here we are coming up on 24 minutes. I feel like you don't I have to point you. it out. I don't feel like you don't have to point it out. Here's a quick recap of what we've been watching and oh. what we suggest. Okay. Uh, Land of Steady Habits with Ben Mendelsohn on Hulu. Recommend. Portrait. You're such a dick. <laughs> 
<laughs> Portrait of a Lady on Fire, also on Hulu. Recommend. Did you say Land of State Habits? That's on Netflix. Did you say Hulu? Oh, I did. It's on okay. Netflix. It's on Netflix. Strangers on a Train, Turner Classic Movie. That's Tyler refilling a soda. When I first met Tyler, he used to like, like you know how when you're 18 years old and you think you're funny as shit, and now as a grown-ass adult, because you're an old millennial like us, or you're a millennial, or you're just old, um, 18-year-olds are not funny as shit. They're just Spit fucking annoying. Anyway, so every time we'd go to a movie, Tyler would sneak in a can of soda. Not and, always. Uh, several times. Yeah. And he would take great pride and think he was so funny at timing, not- <sighs> at the timing of the Right. A lot of people, when they sneak drinks in, they'll try to, like, choose a loud moment to, like, hide their fact that they've brought in food and drink that they shouldn't bring in. But at the time, being young, and I'm not the only person that's done this. There's a lot of people that have done this and I do this. It's kind of like this, like, shitty little, like, uh, I'm 18 and fuck you, guy, that you spent $6 on your soda. I brought my free soda. Click, click. And, you know, that's it's amusing to you and you alone, and that's it. Exactly. And nowadays... I and mean, you just spent that interrupting me. You're so fucking rude. <laughs> I guess nothing then you watch some oldie movies, and then strange. we do not recommend The Clapper. Laura and Strange on the Train, you should watch. Those are good. I would watch them if you'd ever watch them when I'm awake. You are never awake. You that's go to sleep true. constantly. I'm like, I have sleeping. a job. Ooh, I'm supporting <laughs> six people. Oh, I'm staying employed during the biggest crisis in modern history. Oh. <laughs> okay, so here we are at the 25-minute mark, as I predicted-ish. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and we are talking about 101 Dalmatians. I even got my little uh, 101 Dalmatian uh, figurines here. Yes, you have a Cruella de Vil figure. From the cartoon, yeah. And then four dogs, which are not appropriately sized to each other. Pongo. The two, Perdita. Yeah, are smaller, and then the puppies are almost as big as the parents. Yeah, I've noticed dogs. that. I remember when McDonald's had the, oh, this was, this was back in, this is something to talk about. Okay. When this movie came out in 96, mm-hmm. oh man, McDonald's Happy Meals, mm-hmm. they went ape shit for Did 101 they? Dalmatians. They made 101 different puppy no, toys. They, didn't. they did, and it was just like, you got what you got. Somebody lied to you. That didn't happen. No, they did. Look that shit up. There was like 101 of them. I'm not going to look it up. <laughs> It was a bunch of different puppies, and yeah, I think I got, you know, two of them. Where are these puppies from? Uh, these are from the Disney store from a while ago. They was on clearance, because people don't appreciate 101 Dalmatians, yeah, but I do. those people. Because I do. If you're listening to this podcast, then you probably like 101 Dalmatians. Yeah, I guess. Probably. What's, you know what's sad about that is that, like, our last episode, which was on Roar, mm-hmm. like, nobody will listen to that because no one's seen that movie. But that is legitimately, like, the episode to listen to and the movie to go out and find and watch. It's true. I really brought my A game in that episode. Well, I don't know about... Yeah, you did, but... It's I mean, usually, let's, let's just make it all about me. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I'm yeah, just yeah, saying yeah. it's, like, worth... I mean, that's worth your time. It is. And you can go watch no it on, one, online. Yeah, well, that's why we tried to lump it in with that Tiger King, because we're like, yeah. well, people like Tiger King. It's true. We try. We try to bring okay. things together. I'm going to give some high stats for 101 Dalmatians. Did you... Are we doing that or do the other segment? What do you remember? No? What other segment? What do you remember? What do you remember is the first segment we do <laughs> when we're talking about a movie that we've seen. We need to give you like a list. Like the order of the things that we do. I don't want it because I'm uh, not the producer. Oh, here's the list here. It's right in my pocket. It's a ba-bam fuck you and a ba-bam fuck you. <laughs> If you're uh, listening to this at home and you cannot see, she's giving me two middle fingers. <laughs> List schmiss. Don't be a jerk. Okay. So what do you remember is when we sit down for 30 seconds or so and we write what we remember about the movie before we watch the movie. Correct. Just to see, like, our, what do we remember? Because, as you know, this podcast is called 
old millennials remember movies. That's why we call it that huge long name that no one remembers. Yeah, because it's like, do you remember it? Yeah. So here's what I wrote. Yeah, I I didn't write anything. (sighs) Well, we were watching it with the kids, and then like I had to get the laptop out, and I remember this movie like shot for shot because I watched the cartoon a bunch of times, and this movie was just basically a copycat of the cartoon. Mm -hmm. We'll talk about it. What did you write? I said, it's the live action update that came way before all the others of Disney classics. I didn't write that quote coherently. Glenn Close is hamming it up as Cruella DeVille, and the animals aren't CGI, thank Christ. Although, there are a few CGI animals in this movie. There are. Hugh Laurie is here as a dummy henchman. Did you really remember that? Yeah. How do you remember that? I remember Hugh... Well, okay, when I saw it, I didn't know that who, that, who Hugh Laurie was, but when uh, House came out and then, like, there were... Whenever we saw, like, commercials or videos or anything of 101 Dalmatians, which happens when you watch Disney DVDs and stuff like I that. I feel like you're a cheater. <sighs> no. Excuse me. I'm not a cheater. And... Like a cheater. Nope. Hugh Laurie is here as the dummy henchman. Lots of pratfalls in a barn at the end. The cartoon is an underrated gem. This one isn't half bad either. Okay. That's all I wrote. That's all you wrote? Mm-hmm. Pretty close. High stats? High stats. 101 Dalmatians is rated P, excuse me, rated G. Okay. Came out November 27th, 1996. Right in time to be like a Thanksgiving Christmas holiday flick. Yep. It was a big, uh, big, uh, big moment for Disney. Big, uh, big season. Yep. And as Tyler already remembered, it stars Glenn Close as Cruella DeVille. Yep. Jeff Daniels as Roger. Mm -hmm. Jolie Richardson as Anita. And then some other people. Anita. Hugh Laurie is Jasper. Anita. Oh, also Mark Williams plays the other mm-hmm. uh, bad guy from, you would recognize him from uh, the Harry Potter movies. He's Mr. Weasley. As the Weasley dad. Yeah, so you got Mr. Weasley and Dr. House as these bumbling uh, idiots who are yes. Cruella's henchmen. Yes. So, um, yeah. The estimated budget, Tyler, what do you think it was? Fifty-five million. Seventy-five million dollars. Yeah, and what's your guess on, on what it grossed in the U.S.? It was a hit, like one hundred and thirty-five million. How? How do you know? Is that those right? One hundred thirty-six million. It's mm, pretty good. Yeah, it was a good hit. Just solid, solid hit. You're weird. You're like a you're like a movie savant. Yeah. Well, if it was a hit and it was nineteen ninety-six, then it's got to make about a hundred to one hundred and fifty million dollars. That's just kind of the number. So that's I knew it was a hit. That's so. what people like you know. And what do you think it made worldwide? <sighs> Two twenty. I don't know. Three twenty. I don't know if it made it that time. Three hundred twenty million dollars. I mean, a pretty good investment. This movie did well enough that they went ahead a few years later to make a sequel called One Hundred and Two Dalmatians, which didn't perform as well. That's my. And nobody was. really remembers, but it was a this was a big enough hit that they did it twice. So. Okay, so those were your high stats brought to you by me. It was directed by oh, yep. oh, Stephen yeah. Directed Herrick. by Stephen Herrick. Mm-hmm. Who made, uh, I think he's Bill and Ted. He at least did one of those. Sure. He did Mr. Holland's Opus. And then the screenplay. Oh, written by, oh, based on the novel. <laughs> right. By Dodie Smith. Right. But the screenplay was written by an old-time favorite in our house. John Hughes. And we've, oddly, we've done so a many episodes of John, of Hughes, John Hughes scripted movies, but not like his classic uh, 80s movies so much. We've done Home Alone, well, Home Alone, I think, is classic, but we've done, even recently, Dennis the Menace from yes. the 90s is a, is a John Hughes script. Baby's Day Out is an episode with a John Hughes script. It is bizarre. There's more. I, just off the top of my head, I think so we've many. done a few. So and many. it explains... Literally all of the Pratt falls at the end of this movie. Oh, it is all whoa. the same stuff. Like, I, uh, this was the period of the 90s. It's just like, well, 
They, they want the John Hughes brand. The John Hughes brand is Pratt Falls and henchmen getting hurt. Which I didn't know that. I the John Hughes when I thought of John Hughes before meeting you, mm-hmm. John Hughes was sixteen candles. Right. That's what I'm saying. Those are the that's what he's known for. I don't I'm but just it blows my mind. Home alone beyond. It's all just Pratt Falls. <laughs> yeah. Pratt Falls violence against henchmen. That's just what it is. Okay. That's how it works. All right. Well that was our podcast today, guys. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Wow. Nah, I'm just kidding. Um, first off, let's talk about Glenn Close as Cruella DeVille. Yeah, I mean, good casting. She's good. Yes. Right? Yes. I like this over-the-top version of Cruella DeVille. Yes. It is a tough, I think it's a tougher role than you think, because mm-hmm. the cartoon is, she's literally got a two-face hair, like one's black, one's white, right? Yep. She's a crazy-looking character, and how do you play that in live action without it being silly and it is silly because it's a you know it's a disney film but it still has to work well enough as like a real person this brings me it's good to a segment called what would roger say Say. roger ebert reviewed this movie back in the day tyler how many stars did he give it uh three stars oh i don't see the star rating well it's right there Oh, two, two and, and a half. half. What yeah. did you say? I said three, but that's Ooh. that's pretty right. So here was his take on Cruella DeVille. Mm-hmm. He says, Glenn Close is a skilled actress, mm-hmm. agreed, and looks right for Cruella. Yeah. Um, I like the touch of the gloves that have their own fingernails. I did not <laughs> notice that. Yeah. She drives the snotty classic car, uses the long cigarette holder, strikes yeah. the flamboyant poses, and yet... Somehow, she's only human. She isn't Cruella DeVille. No one flesh and blood could be. If she's well, anyone, she's Norma Desmond from Sunset Boulevard playing hmm. Cruella DeVille. I mean, I get that. And I would say that the thing that I love about 101 Dalmatians is the fact that it has maybe maybe the best Disney villain of all time, in my opinion. One of the best villains of all time in general. So, yeah. I mean, that's tough, right? That is tough. And Good on so, her for taking this character But again, on. I think that been able to be able to... I don't think it's possible to necessarily do the cartoon version completely. I just don't. I think it wouldn't work with the rest of the movie and the tone it has to strike, right? So... For the most part, you bring in an A-lister like Glenn Close. I think that's about as good as you're going to get. You're not going to get anybody else that's going to do it better than Glenn Close. No. She's, I mean, maybe Meryl Streep. How you wouldn't say that because you don't like Meryl Streep. But... Well, I mean, she played this character in The Devil Wears Prada. She did, essentially. But that's a different... Yeah, she did, but she didn't. I mean, that's yeah. a different kind of movie, and she's not playing that up like that so much. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's... it's a classier version. It's a because more subtle fiction. Creep. She's so good in everything. This is a good point, good opportunity to talk about something about Cruella Deville though that that is odd. Okay. Okay. She's got this wardrobe, mm-hmm. black and white, mm-hmm. lots of stripes. Her entire building is just this black and white stripes. Blah blah blah. Well, because she had chosen for the year that stripes were the the look of the year. Right. So what I'm what I'm a little bit confused about is that Anita is uh, Julie Richardson. She's like a designer at the the fashion house. And she sees that she was she's drawing some stripe stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And then she's like, oh, what's this? She looks and sees something because she has a Dalmatian. She made a Dalmatian costume. And Cruella de Vil is just, I mean, as the premise of the, the movie is, she's enthralled by this. She wants a fur of Dalmatians and this design of Dalmatians. And I guess my question is, is like, how is this not like already in the pipeline? It's a year of black and white stri- Like, she wasn't thinking, like, you know what I like? I like this black and white stripes. 
You know what else would be good? Spots. Well, yeah. I mean, Cruella Deville ain't ain't very smart. But no, I mean, it just seems odd. <laughs> like this she is the thing that strikes. she gets obsessed about, but then it's just like, ooh, spots, ooh, ooh. And Dalmatians aren't the only animal with black and white spots. Right. I mean, I think we... she likes their specific spots. Right. Um, so it's a little bit weird, right? I don't know. Really, are you questioning the logic of this? No, I just find it odd that I this is... I mean, we could read the book. I know. That I, would give I, some insight. Is this a children's book? I don't know what this book is. <laughs> I only know the cartoon from the 1961. I just... The the dynamic of the set design, I it's, it's not the, necessarily the premise that is weird to me. It's just that, like, this whole set design, this whole production of her, how, of her, her office is just all this black and white. And it's just like no one thought, like, you know what she'd probably like, too, is some spots. Yeah, like, like a get Jaguar. Like, again, yeah, I don't know. Just a just like a, thought. a white tiger. And of course, the problem she wants fur, right? Because she like she's a she likes that fur. You know what I mean? The problem is, is that she wants you know Dalmatians. They don't have it's kind of coarse hair when they're old. Yeah, it's short hair. Yeah, but then puppies have soft hair, mm-hmm. so she's into that, but not right away because when they're born, they don't have their spots, as we learn. Mm-hmm. So you got this weird balance. She can only she can only go and murder a bunch of puppies for uh, uh, one uh, one thing now. Mm-hmm. This is another broad question. Okay. She wants to get a bunch of puppies to make a c- coat. Yes. She ends up getting 99 puppies. Correct. Is that how many you need to get a coat or was she making some other stuff? Well, you, I mean, not to get like gruesome, but if you think about the size of a puppy, uh-huh. I'm, I'm, I'm making about, I don't know, eight inches by four inches. The back, I mean, you're only going to get good fur off of like the back. Mm-hmm. From, like, the neck to the tailbone and not even the neck. So you're only going to get, like, a little bit. Seems like it's going to be kind of patchy. Yeah, I mean, how are you going to, like, line those spots up? It's going to not be... It's not going to just be as easy as you think. I agree. It's not going to look very good. It would take a lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of work. I don't yeah. know. It's not going to be like at the drawing. I'll tell you that. And I feel like... She's got unrealistic expectations about that. I agree. I agree with you on that. It seems like a... It'd be easier to like come up with a faux fur and and make your own design yes. in general. Yes. You would think. So the one thing I did kind of forget about this movie is that it's Jeff Daniels in the lead, which is odd. Yeah, um, I'm curious what else was he in at the time. Speed. It just seems weird. Dumb and Dumber was right after this, or right around this, or right or before, right around there. Oh, maybe is do you think that's why he was cast? Because this is like a slapstick funny movie. No, it's just you know I like Jeff Daniels, but it's too. just a it's a I forgot about it and him being in the movie, and you get this lengthy. I guess the pratfalls start pretty early because we get this lengthy introduction where he's walking his dog on his bike, and Pongo yeah. meets Perdita at the park, and uh, Jeff Daniels uh, ends up getting pulled. By the dog on the bike. This is never a good idea. You should never attach your dog to a bike for several no. reasons. I mean, I attempted uh, when years I was ago. 14 years old mm-hmm. back in the 90s. Yeah. Around this time period. Ooh, is that, because, is that why you did it? Probably. Um, with rollerblades. Oh. Oh, yeah. Rollerblades. To walk slash rollerblade my medium-sized cockapoo. Which is a much Amazing. smaller dog than, much smaller. than a full-size Dalmatian. And would you like to know how many times I attempted that? One. And then I was like, this is fucking stupid. This she, dog, as little as she is, it's still when you're on fucking you. wheels. Yeah, you're just getting pulled. <laughs> you're just getting pulled. It's never a good idea. You don't want to be pulled by a goddamn animal. What I don't get, though, is Jeff Daniels, like, he, he has brakes on the bike that don't 
they're not effective. No, not with a dog. large Dalmatian. But he could also just put his feet down or get off the bike. <laughs> he could have, but the, it was going so fast. I think he was afraid to like severely get injured. It's one of those where like in the moment you just got to write it out. You get one of the great acting performances of his life when he goes down a set of stairs and he goes a bunch. Yes. So yes. that was probably a highlight of his career yes. for him, was making a bunch of goo noises so, down some stairs. <laughs> stop. So, <laughs> stop. Some movies he was in at, around that time. In 94, you're right, he was in Speed and Dumb and Dumber. Yep. And then he was in Fly Away Home, oh, which yeah. I love that Future movie. episode Fly Away Home. Yeah, in 1996. <laughs> Santa one. Yeah. Two Days in the Valley, I've never heard of that movie. Oh, yeah, that's uh, Charlie Saren's And that. then a couple years later, like Pleasantville and... Pleasantville's good. Yeah. So, Future episode I mean, Pleasantville. It is an odd casting, but not I not guess. bad. Just when I, I think of like the flyaway home characters. No, I just like, I'm fine. I, that, I remembered Hugh Laurie. I didn't remember Jeff Daniels. Is my point. <laughs> and he's a bit of a bigger actor. Jolie Richardson. That is that that is that is spot on for the time of of her career in this movie. That was like, yep, that's absolutely Jolie Richardson. Who else would it be? Oh, I don't really know her. Yeah, she's in movies from the nineties. She, okay, <laughs> name name. Three movies the she's Patriot. in. Patriot. I think she's in one of those uh, Olsen twins movies. If you don't know the title, it takes two. It is she? In, is she in It Takes Two? I don't know. Our kids have really enjoyed It Takes Two. Oh, they keep putting it the on. The babysitter huh? turned it on one night, and now the kids just like keep watching it. That was a while. Which ago is now, funny because but... I try to get them to watch old movies with me, and they're like, eh, old stupid. movies like It Takes Two. <laughs> well, from like the nineties, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. No. Um. What was I saying? Oh, Julie oh, Richardson. Yeah, we're looking. We're, I was just Great. trying to buy time here. Oh, thanks. Appreciate Let's see. That. Around the time of that movie, is that what you're curious? Yeah. Just curious what oh, she was in. Oh, fuck. She was in Event Horizon. Yep. That's... Previous episode. Yep. Event Horizon. Oh, yeah. Yep. She's in that. Uh, no other movies. Oh, yep. The Patriot. Good job. Yep. I'm not recognizing any other titles. I think she gets the shittiest line in The Patriot, too. It's like, uh, I don't even want to get into that. She's she was in a hundred episodes of Nip Tuck. Yeah. That's a that's a long go. She was in the whole the whole run, it sounds like. Yep. Yeah. And that was not a show I watched. I watched a little bit. Oh, the other big update on this was that in the original uh film, the cartoon, the dude is a songwriter and he he creates the song Cruella Deville. Cruella right. Deville. So he's a song he writes jingles, he was a songwriter, right? In the update he is a video game developer, specifically an independent video game developer. Who works by himself. Who works by himself, and he's made a, a Dalmatian-themed game. Because he owns a Dalmatian. Right. Makes and sense. it's like a dog catcher is chasing after the Dalmatian. And the Dalmatian, incidentally, looks like the cartoon version of 101 Dalmatians. Correct. And so we get this scene early on where he goes and pitches the game to like a, little, a, a company, and it's like a little kid... Is there representing he's like, like the savant? The like, yeah. oh, he. This is what we're gonna decide if he's gonna. If uh, this we're little get shit it. likes it, then it's gonna be a hit. And uh, he he thinks it's a really fun game. He enjoyed it, but then he doesn't like the villain. Doesn't he's like that it's a dog it. a dog catcher. He doesn't buy that the villain is scary. He's bored by it. Yeah. So um, first, he, let's break down a few things there. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, no, I, was, I I wrote down some one of the comments he makes. He wants a better villain, and he and he said he oh I can come up with something more hateful. And is I think he's like a British kid too, isn't he? He's like it's not. Oh, they're all they're in they're in London, aren't they? Good job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Jeff Daniels is not. He's an American. He's not British. He says it's not hatred that's important. It's a desire to annihilate. That is the the characteristic that uh, that he wants in the game. So I thought that was an interesting line, especially for a kid to de- to deliver. 
a desire to. What did you want to break down on. about this character? I, first of all, I just it's no, very he's strange. a video game developer. Right, it's get a very odd. <laughs> it's very nineties. It's just like, yep, we're making video games, and, and you're doing it all by yourself. Yeah, right. Uh-huh. I don't remember there being. I think I was kind of mad that when this came out, there was that video game in the movie, and I was like, "Where's this fucking video game? I want to play it. I like my Aladdin yes. Genesis game and my Lion King Genesis game. I want my goddamn. And maybe there was one I didn't get it. Probably, but uh, I, I mean, I wanted it. I wanted to run around. Probably, like, like yeah. little Pongo. Why not? Okay. So they meet uh, the the Jolie Richardson and Jeff Daniels. The the dogs meet is really what gets them going, right? They're uh, everybody ends up in the, the water. It's all a bunch of pratfalls. But what happens is they go back to their place, to one of their places, and the dogs are together. And this is like after one day, they decide they're gonna get married. A bang, a bang, yeah, a bang, and a bang. One date and they're married. And then we made a bet about like what. Uh, so the next scene is like the church. They go like they they have a gigant for for a couple that have decided to get married after one day. They've still and managed they, to have a very large wedding. Yeah, and they both comment basically about how they're broke. Yep, they are, but they have a nice big they have church a massive wedding, wedding. A lot of people there. And then we were making a bet. It's like where are the dogs going to be when they're doing like their little wedding thing? Yep. And then we what you th- said was like oh they'll be on the outside of the on the steps outside. Doing the little like man and wife standing next to each other, you were close. They're behind the pews, toward the door, but inside the yes. church. So, but it's close. I give you credit. And then, uh, fifteen hundred other dogs were outside of the church. Oh yeah. Okay. So then, yeah. <laughs> so what I want to comment about this movie is that uh, up until this point, and for majority of the movie later, uh, it's all. Just dogs, like real dogs doing real dog things. They're not talking. They're not doing anything terribly unusual. They're using real animals, mm-hmm. and it's nice. It's not a lot of... Uh... It, is, it is nice. Right. But it's unsatisfying because if you love the cartoon, then you're just like... You're playing the cartoon in your mind while you're watching Okay, this. so then you're waiting for the end of the movie where all bets are off and there are now puppets and CGI dogs because that's what happens later in the movie. Is that I what know. you're wanting? No. See, exactly. So you don't want that. You want I the dogs don't. to do normal things. I'm just things. saying maybe this movie didn't need to be made. <laughs> I mean, there's the there's the question. On, that's because that's the question. That there's everybody a has. scene in the movie which, mm-hmm. if you know the cartoon, w- uh, the telephone, the dog telephone, where they bark to another dog. Right. I think that movie. I think they handled this okay in this movie. They handled it okay, based on the assumption that you've watched the old one, because mm-hmm. our kids, our eight year old, was clueless as to what the fuck was happening. Well, they didn't know what they were doing. Like, no, talking. so I had to like explain it. I was like, "Oh, see, the dogs are like talking to each other." I guess that's true. You probably wouldn't know if unless you've known the other movie. Perhaps that's yeah. Probably she true. was like, "I don't okay, why?" Like she had no idea. She didn't realize that there was distance between the dogs and the puppies. I think that there's. I remember in the movie theater, uh, there's a period of that sequence where uh, the music goes down a little bit, and it's an opportunity for the parent to know their kid. Like this is what happened. Probably, yeah. <laughs> because that is one of the best parts in the old movie. Well, and I think, okay, I'm going to defend it a little bit, because they did manage to get two great dogs for this. I mean... the sh- Because it's a shaggy dog. <laughs> I'll give you that. The shaggy, the, the shaggy dog, and then, like, the... Shaggy the, dog, number one. And then the farm, like, uh, Labradoodle. God, these dogs are adorable. All the and dogs. you just want... But those big two fluffy dogs are oh, the, they're the best. best. They're the best. The sheep dog. It was it a shag... Yeah, it's like a sheep dog and a Labradoodle. Uh, with, yeah, the farm dog was a sheep dog. The sheep dogs. And the other one at the house. It's was the best helping. sheep dog besides that Looney Tunes sheep dog. Oh, so they're so cute. It's adorable, big and it was and fluffy. A, yeah, it's just oh. like follow this these characters, and the movie does kind of like it, it's the old one too. It like takes some time with these characters. They like, yeah, we know you like that sheep dog. We'll stay with them mm-hmm. for a little bit. We'll stick with it for a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So no, yeah, but you're right. I think you if you don't know what's going on there, like our kids see they seemed a little bit confused by it. Um do you remember the uh the business about like the pup one of they get 15 puppies initially, uh Pongo and uh Perdita and yes, one of them because like you I've seen the cartoon right. 100 times. 101 times? No. 99, 102. Yep. Okay. Um so this is the they did this this deal where like, oh, there's 15 puppies. Oh, but one of them died, and we have to, like, be sad for, like, five seconds. And then it's like, nope, it's alive. Like, Jeff Daniels does, like, a little, like, uh... A little bit puppy CPR. Breeze is... No, I don't think he went that far, but... In the cartoon, he's he's massaging its chest. That's how you do puppy CPR. Okay. Fun fact, that's how we revived our cat, Elliot. Not our son, Elliot, but our cat, Elliot, back in the day. Just tell more. Oh, so <laughs> our cats were in the backyard, and my dad was gardening. I didn't witness this whole thing, so this is all secondhand. Um, it's hearsay. Elliot, Judy would say it's hearsay. Elliot was this black and white cat. We'd only had him for a couple of years. He was kind of dumb to begin with. And I also had this theory that our old cat, Claire, basically was the first pet we had and then saw every other pet we owned come and go mm-hmm. before she went. At, like, age 24 as an old fucking cat, I'm pretty certain she staged every everybody's murder or mm. exit from the family. Or attempted murder, sure. So I'm pretty certain Claire, who was a boy, had something to do with Elliot's uh, situation here. Mm-hmm. But uh, Elliot... It was a stupid cat. Mm-hmm. And we had um, an electric wire fence to keep our golden retriever in. So mm. it was just like 12, 16, 18 inches high, however high. And the dumb cat, there was like a piece of it hanging down. The dumb cat was like swatting at it and then bit it. <laughs> and so if you bite on something that's electric, it makes your jaw. Wait, what? <laughs> it makes your jaw. So don't bite electric don't fences. Don't bite electric things. Mm-hmm. Well, even if you grab it too much, right. it will, no, your one. hand will grip around correct, it. So correct. his jaw clamped down on it so then my dad had to kick the cat with his foot to get it off so kick the cat <laughs> off and then like the cat was definitely dead uh-huh. and then my dad picked it up and gave it kitty cat cpr so he pumped that fucking heart i don't know if he gave him mouth to mouth in my story he definitely gave him mouth to mouth okay you had to get a little air in there i think he did <laughs> and then he was doing chest compressions and then boom cat was alive actually you know your parents told me that story one night when i was down there you want to know the real story they just got another cat that looked like Elliot. <laughs> <laughs> that cat got fried. That cat's fucking dead. <laughs> Different cat. No. It's pretty good, though. It's a good story. Yeah, so I'm pretty certain that he was doing puppy CPR. And fun fact, later in this movie, we get a little bit of electrocution on some nards, so yeah. it's all related. Yes, it is. Um, oh, I wanted to talk about this this before we got too far. They got a nanny played by Joan. I don't know who this fucking lady is. <laughs> And why is she at their house? She's played by Joan Plowright, who was actually just in uh, the Dennis the Menace movie with, uh, she played Martha Wilson in a recent episode that we did. And she's like, I don't know who she is. We're not paying attention. Is she like just a housekeeper? Is she a... a... She's titled Nanny in IMDb. Right. So why do they have a nanny before they have any, like, she's a dog nanny? I don't get it. Because she they walk be. their own dogs. No, because know. they walk their own dogs. Why do they need this woman? Nanny is, prim- I'm just reading this off the internet. Nanny is primarily responsible for watching the puppies when Roger and Anita are out. Right, but there's bef- she's around before there's puppies. I know she is. But here's the thing, is that Nana, Nanny's look, they have a scene early where she's like looking over at Perdita the dog, mm-hmm. and is like, just look at her. Look at that dog. <laughs> a woman knows. They get a look. A woman gets a look when they know they're going to be become a woman. Look at that dog's face. You no, know that that dog become a mother. A mother. What did I say? A woman. Oh well, yeah, that, that too. Every woman gets this look that every woman gets when she's going to be a mother. How the fuck does she know what a dog looks like when she's going to have? She's the housekeeper. Puppies? 
According to this, she's just the housekeeper. Oh my god! Well, she also has uh, she can detect pregnancy in not only dogs, but also she's able to detect the pregnancy in uh, Julie Richardson's character as well. How? What is happening? I kind of understand like the glow of a woman when she's pregnant. That's fine, but the dog. It's a, such a strange uh, moment in the it's movie. It's stupid and it makes me uncomfortable they, to watch it. Because we watch this longing shot of this dog laying on a dog pillow and being like, that dog's different because she's got puppies in her belly. And then and then <laughs> so Anita weird. gets the same longing look. And yeah, then Exactly. And then, oh, you must be with child too. Oh, you're pregnant. <laughs> what, ac- what accent was that? <laughs> it's the old lady accent. <laughs> okay. It sounded a little... Like a little Asian. It did sound a little like... Uh, <laughs> a little racist. East, yeah, East. <laughs> a little Asian. Yeah. Oh, you're so... No, don't no. do it anymore. You have Asian family, so that's fine, <laughs> but you that's not allowed. Hold on, hold on. I was trying to do like an old high-pitched Lady Bird. Oh, wait. Voice. That last time when you were when it sounded super racist, that was you still trying to do her accent? <laughs> yes, it Wow. Was. It's bad. On, Maybe I gotta get stop. it. I gotta get it. Spotty, governor. Okay, I gotta <laughs> okay. get the accent. Yeah, there you okay. go. Okay. Oh, it's the puppies. Oh, oh, you're so. No, no, I'm an Australian. Goddamn. I don't know how these actors who have to do a full fucking accent during the whole fucking movie, even with a dialect coach. Like, when people are like, oh, she slipped in and out of that accident, I'm like, of course she did. Who fucking cares? Yeah, actors, man. They got it hard. Oh, so hard. Their lives are so hard. <laughs> hard. They're hard. It's a really hard job, it's guys. It's really it's hard. It's really job. hard. You know that some of them can't work right now? Isn't yeah. that devastating? It is devastating. Um, okay. So they have the puppies. We get this little scene. Were you a little disappointed? Oh, by the way, the puppies end up watching in the in the movie two Disney films. Do you remember what they were? <clears throat> in a scene where they, after they start getting their, they get their, well, they don't get their spots. Cruella DeVille shows up. She's lost her fucking mind about the spots not being ready. She leaves. But anyway, we cut to the dogs have spots. Is it Aristocats? That's one of them. Because they're, they're barking at the cats. Yep, Aristocats is the first one. I can't, now I'm speaking. The second one is Homeward Bound. Oh, that's right. Yep. Yeah, so future they watch episode, Homeward Bound. Future episode, Homeward Bound. Okay, so they have a Christmas thing where they all get their collars, right? Were you a little bit disappointed that we didn't get all 15 of these names right here? I was, but even in the old cartoon, mm-hmm. um, only six of the 15 puppies are named. It's bullshit. So we got Jewel, Dipstick, Fidget... Two tone, and then the one that pees on everything is called Wizard. Well, what's funny is that those are those were not the same names. I know that you put in a couple fake names in there. No, those were all the ones that I, I wrote these down. Oh, these those... are the ones that they named in the movie. So those were different than the cartoon because the cartoon was Lucky. Yeah, well, Lucky is the other is the one that is the one that yeah. died and came back to life. Uh, That's Rolly, Patch, yeah. Penny, Patch. I remember Patch, Penny, Pepper, and Freckles. Patch has a, a straight to video like Pat's Patch's London Adventure on Disney Plus. You can watch. So, yeah, go jump on that 101 Dalmatians 2 pat- patches, London, something like that. Um, yeah, so yeah, Lucky is the other one. Really, the only one that really has anything to do is Lucky because he gets trapped in the house later. He dies. He's more, hey, his name is more like Unlucky, am I right? Yeah. He's, un- he's, he's unlucky. Well, he survived, though. But he's unlucky because he gets trapped in the house later, too. But he saves the day, and the other cute dog goes and saves him. Yep. So, um, yeah, you know, I don't know. Like to me, the movie falls off after the 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 dog calling sequence, um, and because I think it doesn't really have much for Cruella Deville to do. Well, that's well, no, because she fall she's following the tracks of the dog, and she's driving around in her kooky car. I know, and I, that's and that's there, right? But it doesn't. She doesn't get to interact with anybody a little bit. She has some over the top. Uh, ravings at the end when she's kind of yelling at the farm animals, 
But I don't know. It just feels like a passive part of the movie at that point. And the henchmen get more of the action between the dogs and you know what I mean? So I, I just a, I feel like she she's a little underutilized in the second half. What after um, she really explodes when they say you're not getting our puppies, right? Yes. Because I like how she's really mean to Jeff Daniels, especially. She like, just doesn't like the guy, and she just makes a lot of insults about him. I she like really that. does. So, yeah, just to me, the movie is just not as, quite as good. And that's when the CGI and, like, these raccoons that were puppets are laughing with hats oh, on. Oh, my God, so bad. And the pipe where the pu- puppies are going. And I remember that when I was in 96, we were so excited about all the CGI. The puppies going down the pipe, and you'd see the they're, CGI. They're stuck on the roof, and mm-hmm. there's, like, a, a gutter slash... Yeah exit pipe and it's so cool you like when you're a kid like that's so cool and in in the trailer they they highlight a lot of this they shit because it's, it's like bad because it's like oh this is the cj because 96 that looked good to us but mm-hmm. see now it looks really bad it looks so bad it looks worse than worse than the cartoon going of a, a puppy going down the pipe. yeah they could cut all that out and it would be fine i, I don't know it's just it, it's all a little bit uh not great i think this movie struggles because it's like who is this Who's the protagonist in this movie? It loses a protagonist, really. It's the puppies, but then see, but, but, Pongo and Perdita are kind of behind. The, they're they're behind. They have to catch up. There's other dogs that are helping the puppies. And the puppies have to escape. So who's the protagonist? But the uh, the adult, the I mean, the human protagonist. They're not the protagonist. They don't really have much to do in the second half either. So you just have a couple there's of stuff henchmen, happening, but the not Skinner like... guy, and the puppies are kind of as a, a unit together, and the animals are working together, but there's no central figure. Mm-hmm. And that's just, I think it's a problem. I, it is a problem. And I think versus the cartoon where the puppies and the dogs talk, right? you know, you're following them. This has to follow people because the people are talking. Mm-hmm. And so it, I just feel like it doesn't know quite who, who it wants to the movie to be about. I think Q Laurie and uh, Mr. Weasley kind of try with this some of the bits they have like they do so they end up having to climb over this uh electrical fence electron like electric fence and i mean the setup is fine like because they're trying to be like we know this is dangerous and dumb but we're gonna do it really smart and then of course it goes bad and at hugh laurie is they're trying right they're trying. it's just not it's just it's all kind of second rate right yeah the slapstick does not does not work in this movie and then even when Corella deville ends up getting like you know doused with mud or a hog kicked falls across on her, the barn by a horse kicks across the barn by a horse it's all and and then the big the big absent thing is that in the cartoon there's actually a big car wreck like she's darting around in she that car slides off and there's a wreck i mean it's pretty it's much more um action oriented in the cartoon as it's easier this movie is just like yeah we'll have her get kicked by a horse yeah. And then she gets stuck in the mud, and that's kind of it. Yeah. So it's a little underwhelming when you spend... And I remember watching it in, as a, in 96, thinking like, oh, this ending's not as good as the old... I mean, I really... Again, even then, I was like, I really like the cartoon. So totally. I was... I missed the car. The car is in the movie, but it's not really getting much to do. I so. I agree with that. Um, one of the things that Ebert said, I mm-hmm. just totally spaced out. Okay, great. Fuck. I was looking at this picture of Cruella DeVille's car from the old cartoon, and I got distracted. So. Oh, I know what he was saying. It okay. just came to me. Um, Basically, that this is a, a John Hughes movie, uh-huh. and it's a it's just, he, he just steals so much of his stuff from his own stuff. It's all the same stuff. It's all just right? so much Home Alone stuff. Oh, yeah. He's, and, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Ebert made the funny comment that it almost would have been funnier if they would have cast the same villains as in Home Alone. as like a wink that they're doing the same thing. 
I mean, it is. I mean, the, I mean, it's we, like the same. And this was '96. We were still doing this, right? Yeah. On this Home Alone sequel, uh, Dennis the Menace does it. Baby, yeah. I mean, they were all doing this, right? Yeah. We ro- they rode that train for a while. It's kind of brutal. And we all went to them, though. We saw like okay, but maybe did well, you go to Dennis the Menace in the theater? Because no. I did. Did you go to Baby's Day Out in the theater? Because no. I did. But you went to 101 Dalmatians in the theater. You must have. Probably. Yeah. I'm sure I went with Auntie Peggy. Well, the other two movies I mentioned didn't exactly... Baby's Day Out was not a success. Dennis the Menace did okay. So, I guess it varies, but... Oh, so the ending of the movie uh, is it's similar. They've decided to... What what I love is that the cops show up at Jeff Daniels and Julie Richardson. It's like, well, we've got 99 puppies. You guys... You guys like dogs? And they're like, none of the other families are claiming them. Well, so where are all these... I mean, that happens. I get that. That happens. In the old cartoon. But what's, what's funny is that there's a specific scene, because I feel like it's in the trailer I just watched. There's a specific scene where the this guy Skinner, who's responsible for skinning, and he's running the count of the puppies. Mm-hmm. He literally has like seven, the Jones, eight, the Wilson. Like, he has the names oh, of the fucking Oh, he's got the name. Just ask that guy. So clearly, like, there's a family. These puppies didn't just come from. Well, here's the big dark secret about uh, Dalmatians, uh, and I remember when they they put this on the news at the time too. They're like, "I know your kids are gonna want a Dalmatian, but they're fucking wild dogs. They're very difficult. <laughs> they're dogs. difficult to train. You don't want these they're dogs. Big and strong. And so, the, as those other people are like, we didn't want eight puppies. What are we gonna do with eight puppies? Yeah. Get rid of them. I don't Bob care. Barker was losing his goddamn mind. Probably was. So yeah, but I love that they're like the cops. Are like, well. No one else claims puppies. You guys like dogs. Do you think you can maybe have ninety nine of them? <laughs> like I know you in fif- your tiny fifteen apartment. of them were yours, but like here's some other eighty. Yeah, why not? What do you think? And they're just like, well, and then they're able to buy a gigantic mansion. Uh, no, it a- was it was Cruella Deville's farmhouse. Oh, so they managed to get the farmhouse. Yeah, interesting. The abandoned, rundown farmhouse. My other favorite part of the ending is that that same morning when they have. They're telling the cops are telling them that they need to get the dogs. The newspaper's delivered, and they already have a picture of Corella Deville arrested in mud. That is the fastest production turnaround I've ever seen. It's like one hour. Where did they turnaround. get the picture? Like they someone got the was picture, there. They, they wrote ran the it down story, there. They got they the printers it. rolling. That's amazing. Like that is amazing. Like usually, if like it's like midnight, is like you're cut off. At the, yeah, you, you can't be going much later than that. Yeah, but man, because that paper goes out at like four. In the someone morning. got that shit moving. Yeah, they're like, oh, we got. It's too good of a story. You know that fashion lady that's got that weird hair? She got arrested for, I don't know, we don't even know. <laughs> like, she's taking dogs? Such so a weird, crazy. Weh. Seems like a weird... That'd be that'd be something. You know what I mean? I bet you that uh, the, this country would appreciate the news media more if there are more stories of, like, fashion designer tries to take puppies, and that's their front page story. You know what I mean? If there was more of that, I feel like... Uh, Media would be more favorable in this country. I think that's a theory. Yeah. That's a theory. The problem is, is that I don't think that happens very often. Yeah, I don't think there's a lot of, like, crazy, kooky Disney stories happening out in the world. So that's 101 Dalmatians. I, uh, I can't remember the, we were gonna watch the sequel with the kids and we just having it, because it's on the Disney Plus I just as well. don't want to, I just want to go back it's and watch the cartoon. It's not very The cartoon's the best. The yeah. cartoon's on there. Our son, Elliot, was like, I watched the cartoon. It's like I like the cartoon. I was like, yeah. made me feel proud of him. I was like, when? Yeah. but then I was like, wait, when did you watch it? What are you oh, watching without me? What are you doing? He, he fucking sneaks out all the time. It makes you worry, right? Because yeah. there's He's no definitely parental. Gonna co- sneak onto some porn at some point. I don't. There's no porn on the television unless there's you... like YouTube, and it can get pretty racy. Not porn. Though. No, but you know what I mean. Like rated R. I think shit. He, I don't think he'd want to watch that though. I don't know. 
I don't know. We should probably. You were pretty naughty when you down. were that little. No, I, when I was six. No, I always forget that he was only six. <laughs> I accidentally saw Misery, future episode Misery, through the, like the cracks of a uh, of a banister, and then that scarred me for five years. So no, I I wasn't that bad in terms of like watching things I shouldn't have. I so. know our kids get scared easily. They do. They get scared. Our really two year old gets most scared when they watch an episode of Barbie where there's a pretend <laughs> ghost. There's a pretend ghost. He doesn't like it. He screams and hides and cries, and he doesn't like it. He doesn't like it. But it is kind of a adorable and funny. I'm like, oh, come here. I'll snuggle you. It's He's okay. He's like legit scared. He is. That's funny. Poor kid. All right. So that was 101 Dalmatians. We did it. We did the darn thing. Okay. Anything else, babe? No. If you like our show, go and subscribe and listen to other ones. We've done a lot of Disney things and a lot of kid-centric uh, movies like this one. So go back and listen mm, to it. Yeah. My ask of you is uh-huh. if you're a listener um, and you want us to do a specific movie, just shoot us an email at oldmillennials.com remember at gmail.com and if you like Save by the Bell Save by the Bell to the max has launched you can check that out at our website or on iTunes and other platforms hopefully soon yeah. <laughs> alright guys thanks for listening we will talk at you another movie bye bye ruff, ruff. <laughs> that's a dog barking <laughs> nice <laughs>